You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. Welcome in to episode 33 of Big Drive Energy, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your co-host, Spencer Smith, a.k.a. Big Drive Spence, here with my brother and, more importantly, other co-host, Mitchell Smith. What's up, bro? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, we had a fun tournament over the weekend. Ex- excited to talk about that and a few other current events and and they dropped, what is it called, the Caggies? The Caggies, yeah. So this podcast today, we're going to do a little current event action, talk about the PGA Tour, some winners from last week, and then uh, Colorado Avid Golfer, I'm sure you guys have all heard of it if you're if you're into golf at all. They come out with the Caggy Awards every year, so it's basically the Colorado Avid Golfer Awards. Um, so basically Colorado's best in their eyes, and we're going to get into a little bit of, uh, basically read the magazine for you, get into a little bit of what they talked about, and different uh, awards they gave out throughout the state of Colorado and we'll go in on them talk basically we can talk some shit but we'll be kind of serious too a lot of this stuff is politics just so you guys know that up front Um, but we do want to get into a little bit of some of the stuff that we think is pertinent uh, from the Caggies and some of the stuff that we also think is a little bit of bullshit for lack of a better term so and then we'll of course give you guys our DraftKings pick of the week and give you guys a little preview of the Bay Hill Invitational this week. The Arnold, or well, the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. So, our picks were fairly good last week. We didn't pick any winners, but we did say to tread lightly. And both of our guys, one of our guys, ended up cousin Cam was tied for 11th, I believe, and Victor Hovland had a bit of the lead for a while and ended up finishing second. So, Victor Hovland's on a fucking tear right now. But anyways. 
Uh, let's get into a little bit of PGA Tour from last week, Mitch. You want to talk a little bit about Colin Morikawa becoming the only other player other than the great Eldrick Tiger Woods to win a WGC and a major before turning 25? Yeah, I mean, it's most uh, some of the most impressive golf I've ever seen. And the crazy thing is, is a lot of people don't really understand Morikawa's game because his driving stats are not great. I mean, he hits it relatively far, he, but he, he doesn't stand out, let's put it that way. He's not like Rory McIlroy off the tee. Um, but his iron game is just unbelievable. His greens and regulation numbers are consistently top three on tour. Uh, he just strikes the ball so well. And I, I would almost say that uh, Tiger Woods was kind of the same way a little bit in his prime. Um, he never really drove the ball very well. He was above average in length for his time, but he, he didn't hit very many fairways. But he, he was so good with his irons that that's what really propelled him in his short game. And, and Morikawa is a little bit of the same. I mean, I, he's not in the same conversation as Tiger uh, even if, if Tiger was 25 and I think Morikawa, or 24, I'm not sure how old Morikawa is, but 24. Tiger, okay, he's 24. So Morikawa is still not, not where Tiger was at 24, but uh, I think his game is somewhat reminiscent of Tiger, um, a very poor man's Tiger Woods. So uh, it's very interesting to watch him play, man. His his ball striking is just unbelievable t- uh fairway and in so he's a lot of fun to watch and he's quickly establishing himself what's his world ranking now he's got to be like fifth or something in the world or yeah i think he's up there he's definitely climbing in well into the top 10 with his performance the last couple of years winning of course at harding park and now winning you know he's winning big events that's the thing is he's not winning uh, the Puerto Rico Open this week. Shout out Brandon Grace, though. He did win the Puerto Rico Open. First win in, I believe, five years. And yeah, Brandon Grace used to be a name back in the day. He was, and not back in the day. I mean, he's he's had a few starts here and there, and he, he used to win a lot, but good for him getting that dub at the Puerto Rico Open. I think if anybody can win after winning that tournament, it would be Brandon Grace. Like, that dude's got the chops. Yeah, well, we talked about the Puerto Rico Open curse, so now how long is it going to take... Poor Tony Finau. Uh, let's talk about him a little bit. He also made a charge on Sunday, got to within a couple, I want to say, and then I think he made a, I tweeted this, but he made like a quad or a double on number two and then went five under and five holes and capped it off with an eagle. So he made another little run at it and got to, believe, 11 or 12, and Morikawa's at 15 at that point. But Colin Morikawa, I will, full disclosure, well, I did bet on Cameron Smith and Victor Hovland, who I was hoping would win, and was right there the whole time. I did put a bet on Sunday for Colin Morikawa to win the tournament. Uh, it was only plus it was plus one sixty five, which is pretty crazy considering he had a, a couple shot lead. But a lot of the times we do see guys squander the lead on a Sunday, especially at a place like Concession where there is a lot of bogeys. I think I actually got a stat for you here uh, that I saw from this weekend, which was. It just goes to show how tough concession is in general as a golf course. So you had five different great players and their round-to-round differences. So listen to this. So Cameron Smith, he shot a 66 one day and the next day shot 77, 11-stroke difference. Bryson DeChambeau opened the tournament with a Thursday 77 and shot the course record 64 for a 13-stroke difference the second day. 
Dustin Johnson went from 77 to 69, so an eight-stroke difference. John Rahm, a little bit of the opposite. He went from a 68 to a 76. Um, the boy, the homie, Kevin Kisner, he went from shooting 69 to the dreaded 80, <laughs> so an 11-stroke difference. And then Harris English improved one day from a 78 to a 69. So all those, basically you're seeing between 8 and 13 shot difference uh, from day to day. It just goes to show you how tough concession was as a golf course and how really impressive it was for Morikawa to finish the way he did. Yeah, that that's a really good track, and I don't think they'd hosted an event there before, but it's widely known. It's right outside of Sarasota, Florida, right um right outside Tampa and it's pretty widely known in Florida as one of the better golf courses down there. And obviously that's kind of the Mecca for golf. So, uh, I know there's a lot of like, uh, Nelly and Jessica quarter members there and a few other players. Um, it's a really good track. And like you said, the, the high numbers were out there. Uh, Hovland made quad. He was making a crazy charge and then finished, um, was it Friday with a quad? Yeah. And, Totally. I mean, he probably would have won the he, event. Or, he know. would have won the event if he makes par on that hole, but I'm not salty about it at all. In a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> if, if he makes 71 other exact same scores and just not a quad there, he's he's right there. And and that's the beauty of golf is one hole out of 72 can, can not necessarily win you the event, but it can lose you the event. So, um, yeah, very fun tournament all the way around to watch. Yeah, we always get excited on days like Thursdays and Fridays when a guy's in the lead. And I think the thing that sucks about golf is you can never get excited too early, but you can definitely get let down too early. Like, you never win a tournament on a Thursday, but some of our guys definitely lose themselves a tournament on Thursday. So, quick quick out, but uh, hard to hard to stay in it for the whole day. It's actually better if I feel better about a pick if a guy's not leading after Thursday and probably not leading after Friday either. Usually like going into Saturday or Sunday, maybe even going into Sunday, just one or two strokes back is usually that little sweet spot. Unless the, the guy that's at the top is like Morikawa where he has just stones and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't have a lot of, um, variety and not variety in his game, but validity in his game or volatile. He's not volatility. Volatility. There we go. English wow. English 101. Talk much? <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, that's kind of the sweet spot. If you can have a guy come out and shoot like a 68, 69 the first day and then follow it up with something decent, couple under par. Uh, and obviously if the leader's at minus 16 after two, then you want to see some, some lower scores out of your guys. But uh, a lot of times with these tough tournaments, n- not completely uh, – blowing your whole wad on Thursday is kind of the way to go. You see a lot of guys, like you said, leading after round one and, and they end up finishing outside of the top 10 sometimes. And that's why I will consistently say betting golf is one of the hardest things to bet on. Um, and that's why the odds are good too. But I mean, you get guys like, uh, what do you say? DeShambo last week was, um, like he went very from, low. He went from 77 to, to shooting 60 to shooting the course record. Well, yeah, but was it last week or two weeks ago where he he was like plus three hundred to top ten and he missed the cut? Like, oh, he was like plus he was like minus one fifty to top ten. He was like plus six, like almost seven hundred to win the tournament. Yeah, and he missed the cut. Like, that's that's so hard to bet. I mean, it's just kind of like close your eyes, like a dartboard. Just close your eyes, pick a spot, and 
and throw some action on him, you know? And, and that honestly might be the way to do it. Just throw a random name out there and we just take them and kind of gives you a different little rooting interest, you know? And unless it's a guy that's just blatantly, they're never going to show him on TV and you can't really watch him play, you know, you can follow along on the app, but you can't really see any of their shots. Um, but yeah, overall, very, very good tournament. And congrats to Colin Morikawa. He's really cementing himself as one of the young, great players out there right now. Yeah, and going from young to old, or older, if you will, I also want to give a shout-out to Annika Sorenstam, who made her first PGA Tour start since, or LPGA Tour start, excuse me, since 2008 this weekend, so a 13-year hiatus. I guess she had like a couple cram lessons with her old swing coach before getting back out there on the LPGA Tour, and she made the cut, which was remarkable for her, and just remarkable feat in general. And a little stat for you, she made 298 cuts and 307 starts on the LPGA Tour. So 97.1% cut percentage in her career. That's that's cash and checks right there. That's a... Uh... That's a good way to make a living when you're just making cuts every single freaking week. Yeah. Um, another quick note, uh, kind of a mysterious thing with Ricky Fowler. His game has really kind of fallen off. Um, he's he's now officially 65th in the official world golf rankings. So his master's invite is kind of uh, up in the air right now. And uh, some people are out there taking pot shots at him. So Nick Faldo uh, quote tweeted, Somebody saying that Ricky Fowler is like his master's invites in jeopardy, blah, blah, blah. And and Nick Faldo quote tweeted and goes, I bet he could probably record about six commercials in the time he'd play the masters. So a lot of those oh, older guys. That's yeah, never fighting words. Yeah. And Nick Faldo is one of those kind of pompous dickheads that thinks his shit doesn't stink. Um, but a lot of those older guys like back. Uh, who was it? Oh, Gary Players. Uh, said that Louis Oosthuizen should be a top three player in the world and his basically his potential, he squandered his potential his entire career. Um, so th- a lot of those older guys are more like the grinded out method. Um, and a lot of the newer guys are not, they're, they're kind of a work smarter, not harder, I would say. Like Gary Player just works, I mean, he still works out like twice a day. He's like 80. Um, and Nick Faldo is kind of the same, more golf work than like fitness work. But I mean, you see Ricky Fowler out there having a good time. He's more laid back. And a lot of these guys nowadays, I mean, really, who wouldn't trade lives to be Ricky Fowler? You know, the guy has made, I think, north of 25, 30 million at least in his career. Uh, he's kills it in sponsorships and endorsements. And he hasn't really won anything. And at the end of the day, some guys, it's it's a way to make a living. It's a really good living. And they have fun doing it, but they're not, like, super wrapped up in it. I, I'm not saying Ricky doesn't want to win by any means, but it's there's certain people who have that where they need to win, and then there's certain people who don't have that where they feel the need to to kind of see their career through to the top, you know, climb that ladder, if you will. But I thought that was kind of fucked up that Nick Faldo said that and he's just up on his high horse talking shit I will say one quick thing Ricky Fowler when he went to Butch Harmon from a technical standpoint his swing actually got worse um he kind of steepens the shaft in transition and from a technical standpoint there's really maybe a handful of guys on tour that do that generally you'll see the the club taken back on a steeper angle and then kind of shallow out in in transition so the 
the shaft basically will go from vertical and it'll be trending in that horizontal position because it really gives you that rotational freedom. And Ricky Fowler actually kind of takes it a little bit flatter and steepens it in transition, which is the uh, typical swing thought, uh, swing flaw that we see out of amateur slicers of the golf ball. So he, I really think he was a better ball striker in college than he is right now. And I, that could, who knows, that could be some of what he uh, is struggling with. Cause he's always great um, putting, especially inside 10 feet. I swear to God, I don't think I've ever seen the miss, uh, the guy miss a five to 10 footer, but uh, just kind of interesting. We're, we're pulling for Ricky, you know, it's always good to see him in the masters and at the part three and all that. He's fun to watch. Yeah. He, he is one of my favorite tour players just because, it's so amazing how good he is at other things. Like he could be a professional dirt bike rider and he kind of embodies, well, he's also a fellow Cobra Puma staffer. So that's part of, part of me loves him extra for that. But he, you guys are like the same person then, right? I mean, you play the same clubs, you're yeah, like the same person. Yeah, we have, I have a ton of sponsor deals. I am uh, just missing <laughs> you're married out. married to an Olympian. Just missing out on the masters this year, you know, like just <laughs> so many parallels between the Rickster and I. Yeah, that's, it's wild. All right, guys, so before we get into some of these CAGI awards and tell you guys our our opinions personally on these, I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Good Company Hard Seltzer and Breck Brew. Just a shout-out to them. I drank 12 of these on Saturday night, and uh, 10 out of 10 on the taste, but 0 out of 10 would not recommend drinking 12 in one night. Uh, me and RK, Ryan Konigsberg, uh, CEO, or uh, sorry, one of the co-founders of DNVR. You guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who he is. I've heard him on this podcast before. Uh, we did a review, like a Rusty Ranks beer. Shout out Rusty Featherstone on TikTok. He's hilarious. Um, we, will, we will have a video coming out soon. I will say that I don't remember taking the review or doing the review video after 8 or 12. So, It'll be interesting to see. I just want to say shout out to Breck Brew and their good company, Hard Seltzers. Absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm uh, sipping on a honeydew right now. Really good flavor. And I think one of the best things about the Breck Brew Hard Seltzers is depending upon your love for seltzers, I like sweet. um, But a lot of people that don't like super sweet seltzers, these have zero sugar and they're very like very subtle taste and they have a lot of good flavors of course black cherry because every seltzer has to have a black cherry but other than that they got honeydew berry apple pear which is my personal favorite but they're super um super subtle and super good so go go to your go to the breck brew locator and find the good company hard seltzer where it's sold near you and go pick up a Jokic 15 pack get yourself some it's super good hard seltzer so all right, on to, on to the CAGI Awards. Now, I'm not going to read all these. I'll just go over a few that I think are um, pertinent to, you know, what we talk about all day and what we what we t- do on this podcast is promote Colorado golf and talk about how great it really is compared to even though we don't have tour events and we don't have millions of courses like Florida or California or the rich history of these states, there's still a lot of great golf out here. And it's funny uh, looking at the best Denver Metro course and public and resort course um, the public and resort course category. Category. We have uh, the top three as voted on are the golf club at Bear Dance, Arrowhead, and Common Ground. So we've done actually reviews on all three of these. Give me a little little thoughts on this on the best Denver Metro course. Um. So I would say from a golf standpoint, um, 
I would say uh, Common Ground is probably the top one out of that from a playability standpoint. Uh, Common Ground is very in-your-face, very quality, uh, good golf. You know, you you get rewarded for the good shots, penalized for the bad. Um, I do like Bear Dance. Bear Dance is more just a fun course. You take buddies from out of town. If you read the review I did on uh, uh, Bear Dance on the website on DMVR, uh thednvr.com check those out um, by the way thednvr.com go to other golf course reviews we give it to you straight and playability mitchell what mitchell's kind of talking about here is one of our biggest categories because you can get caught up in the views of a course you can get caught up in the beauty of a course but we give it to you straight in the fact that we're going to tell you if it's a good golf course to play if you're really into golf or if you're just trying to have a good time and then we also talk about the value i think playability and value are the two things we really wanted to set ourselves apart. Of course, you can read course reviews on the course website and read all their five-star Yelp reviews of people talking great about them. And we don't really talk. We haven't really talked overly bad about any courses because all the ones we reviewed are good and, for the most part, playable and enjoyable to go out and, and enjoy around at. But value kind of breaks it down as whether or not you should play it and it's affordable and it's worth paying the money. And then playability is just kind of a standpoint of is it a gym in course or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's very relative. Well, and I will say I'm almost positive that Jim Ng designed Arrowhead. Um, that just seems like I'm not really sure about that, but it's it has to be the, the truth because there's no other way um, that anybody else laid that course out. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to completely drag it through the mud, but if I had to rank those top three, I'd go Common Ground, Bear Dance, Arrowhead. Word. Well, so give us your thoughts. Um, best front range course is uh, the the top two are two really good tracks that we've both played, Pelican Lakes and Mariana Butte. Both great golf courses. 10 out of 10 would recommend on both of those. I think Pelican Lakes, if I remember correctly, has the most shoreline of any course in the U.S., is it? That is correct, yeah, and and it's a little misleading because some of it doesn't come into play. I mean, depending on how far off you are with the the driver. Um, I played high school state there my junior year. Wyndham Clark shot 16 under for two days, not a big deal. Um, he beat me by 20, and I finished 13th. So it just kind of goes to show you how other otherworldly that kid was in high school. Um, but, yeah, I love Pelican Lakes. Great track, really it kind of, I don't know, it almost has like a Nebraska feel or like a Midwest feel to it. And a lot of those northern courses do. You know, you're actually fairly close to Iowa or not Iowa, good Lord. Um, Nebraska and, and Kansas and stuff like that. So a little bit more moisture up there. And I do really like Pelican Lakes. I've actually never played Mariana Butte. I've heard great things, but I'll let you talk about Mariana Butte, obviously. Yeah, Mariana Butte is just a beautiful course up in the Loveland area. Um, I got to play a, a dew sweeping around there by myself. I actually went on a trip up there and got to go at 6 a.m., play a little 18 holes. Phenomenal golf course, really right straight in front of you. I think the 18th hole is one of the most interesting holes I've ever played. It's like a giant... It's like a par four, and it's a it's a pretty big fairway, but the green is like 
30 to 40 feet above everything else. So there's like a huge fairway. It's like you're playing a normal flat golf hole. And then the green, you just hit it straight up the hill. So super interesting. I think I only had like 70, 80 yards in, but I could not see the flag. I didn't play well there. I was just kind of trying to scrape it around and have a good time and enjoy the course. But Mariana Butte is a, a real great golf course for just going out and if you're in the Fort Collins, Loveland area, enjoying a weekend around there is is A1 here in the state of Colorado. Um, let's go, uh, best mountain course is uh, Pole Creek. And I know you know something about Pole Creek. That's uh, Yeah, that's right outside of Granby, correct? Yeah, Tabernash. So it's got 27 holes. I've actually never, I've never played it. Um, we, we went out there and hit a few balls a few times when we were up there in the mountains, just stopping by for a bit, but I've heard really good things about it. It's the, the biggest thing with mountain courses is making sure they're not too janky and Mickey mousey. And by the looks of it, it looks like it's, it's got great views obviously, but it, uh, it doesn't have the kind of crazy elevation change and the, the crazy greens that a uh, like Ray, Raven Golf Club or um, or Raven at Three Peaks or uh, what's another real janky one? Um, Lakota Canyon that uh, Jimming designed. But I would have to say, is um, Haymaker anywhere on that list? Haymaker is not on that list. It's the best front. Are you talking uh, mountain courses? Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, Red Sky. Breckenridge, Pole Creek, and then uh, the river course at Keystone, and Rolling Ranch and Steamboat. So, Rolling, Roll, Rolling Stone. Ranch, gotcha. Well, I would honestly, if they were doing like a public mountain course, you got to throw uh, Haymaker in there for sure. That's a that is a must play course up in Steamboat. The tee times are a little on the pricey side, but great, great like link style track up in the mountains. You don't really see too many of those but shout out breckenridge golf club i gave that place a great review i love that track very well designed by jack nicholas and the the beauty is just unparalleled like they've got some water features running through the property and uh it just embodies colorado mountain golf so love that track and then i really do like keystone too it's there's a few like kind of janky holes out there, but for the most part, it's pretty straightforward in your face. Uh, we actually played there a few times in high school tournaments, and it always gave us the work when we were kids. Um, we were never very good, but we've gone up there a few times since. We're actually friends with the uh, merchandiser and like the she's the events coordinator for all of Keystone. I think I want to say is that correct? Yeah, yeah for the for the entire golf club. So. Um, we get to go up there and she hooks it up perks, not a big deal, but that's a good track. The ranch and the river, are both good courses. And it's, it's one of those where it's not a crazy far drive for a mountain course. You can make it up there and back in one day. So, um, another really good track. I haven't played red sky. Um, I'm not a silver spooner. Uh, I haven't played rolling ranch. That's for elites only. Um, and that's the tough thing is there's some of these courses where you, even us, we have no chance of getting out there, and we can usually get on most places. So it's uh, just some courses, they you'll never get the opportunity to play them unless you're, you buy a membership. So, yeah. um, well, speaking of giving us the work, I'm going to roll in and tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated <laughs> sportsbook app. This weekend, we got 
Adesanya, the last style bender, one of my favorite fighters to watch in UFC 259. And there's three title fights taking place in one night this Saturday. So with DraftKings Sportsbook and also the official sports betting partner of the UFC, it's putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100 to 1 odds on either fighter to land a punch. So that's all you got to bet on is bet a dollar that one fighter will land a punch, which in the, the, the title fight with Adesanya, I hope he lands multiple punches. I love that dude. One of my favorite fighters to watch. So all you have to do is pick either main event fighter to land a punch during this weekend's UFC 259 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. So if either fighter lands a punch... You get $100, and you can boost that DraftKings and start betting on golf and making millions or hundreds or a couple dollars here and there, depending upon how good our picks are for the week. So there's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. And if draft if MMA is not for you and you're not buying the fight and watching it, there's great promotions, odds, Profit boosts every week. You have to check out our guys at DNVR Bets. They do a daily show. Tell you about all the profit boosts, all the stuff you guys should bet on each day. And DraftKings is definitely safe, secure, and reliable. You can de- deposit and withdraw funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our promo code DNVR when you sign up and get 1 to 100 odds on a fighter landing a punch this weekend in UFC 259. Place your bets and watch the fist fly. Once again, that's code DNVR for 100 to 1 odds if either fighter, hopefully Israel Adesanya, lands a punch. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new restriction, or customer, new customers only as well. New restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, make sure you call 1-800-522-4700. All right, on to a few more Kagi Awards. Uh, I think this one's funny. The best ego booster. Um, our, our buddy Chris and his course, Red Hawk Ridge, get a... Get a nice call there, and then Applewood Golf Club as well. So two of the two of the courses that you want to go and feel better about yourself. Um, those are two that I think you can speak to it. I can speak to it. We've shredded that back nine there to a tune of an uh, I believe between the two of us a nine under par thirty or nine under par sixty four nine under par six or eight under par sixty four. Um, and it was real close. You were on twenty nine watch. I was on twenty nine watch. And then quickly fell off that wagon because I am not good. Uh, not as good, I should say. Or I, I start thinking about it too much. But what do you think about those as some of the best ego boosters? So I, I've never played Applewood. I heard it's actually a, a real fun track probably for the value. I played I've Applewood in high school great. and fired a crisp 82. So. Oh, did you play Applewood in high school? Um, yeah, that was before you moved, we moved conferences when you got big, big shit. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I was never big shit, but... Uh, yeah, that I, I mean, Red Hawk. It's such a fun track. Like it really is, and you can make some high numbers out there. Really, you can. There's a few holes where it gets a little hairy. Um, just ask Spencer. I've seen him. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Who's the last? Oh yeah, we went out and played uh, with Chase Hackett and his buddy um, just last year, and I think I ended up shooting three or four under. Um, but yeah, that that back, there's some about that back nine where it just feels like everything's pretty gettable. And the only two holes I will say that kind of eat my lunch uh, are what is it? So 
10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. The downhill par three plays about two bills from the tips, and it plays very far downhill, and it's kind of a sectioned off little, uh, not a little green, it's pretty big green, but I personally have a tough time with downhill approach shots because it feels like the ball is in the air for so long that you just kind of have a tough time controlling where it's going. And so I, I don't know if I've ever hit that green, to be honest with you. And then um, the next hole plays about five bills, a little over five from the tips. It's a downhill par four. And I just, I mean, I've made par there, but I don't know if I've ever hit the green there either. And then I just shred uh, 16, 17, 18, usually, usually play those holes in three, two to three unders. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, you know, when Spencer goes to a course and can't shoot over par, it's, it's a little bit of an ego booster and, and Spencer's got a great game. Don't get me wrong, but there's, there's certain courses that can really uh, affect him different, and Red Hawk is one of those courses. He just you're you're a big vibes guy. I feel like you just once you play once once you play well somewhere one time, you you kind of just stay on that that path and that trajectory, and then you love the course. Like you're kind of that same way with Black Bear. I feel like yeah, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. We've talked about it, I think, on the pod before, but. When you feel good at a golf course and you've like fired a couple low rounds there, you show up every day feeling like you're going to shoot another low round every time you play that course. It's just like vibes. And then other golf courses, too many for me to name, where I show up and I'm like, oh, God, I'm sniffing 90 today for sure. Where you're you're basically trunk slamming it, heading straight to the shitter and then straight to the first tee because you're... You got those butterflies, like, you know, you're about to fire 85. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm about to not have a good time. I know that Black Bear's on that list, too, somewhere. On this list? Yeah, isn't it uh, best private courses in the metro area or well, something? we're only on the public and resort courses, so chill for a second. Oh, well, I mean, okay. Um, the, um, the best par three, or let's go best, uh, so best practice facilities. They've got the top three are Broken Tea, uh, Bear Dance and Green Valley Ranch. So let's talk a little bit about those practice facilities. I know we've played all those courses and and uh, hit a few range balls there at least. Yeah, I would say probably Broken Tee's got the the best of, of that group. I mean, they've got a whole par three course. They've got a pretty extensive chipping and putting area. Um, Bear Dance is on that list. Yeah. Once I again, don't see... once again, um, politics do come into these a little bit. And that's all. Yeah, we'll, I, that's all we'll say. I don't necessarily see what's special about Bear Dance's practice facilities. I mean, and that—that's really a tough thing. Is I will is say, most pl- Bear Dance's putting green practice putting green's a joke. That thing oh, yeah, is so fast, fun. and it's like a mountain. Like there's a putt that you can't hit short of the hole. They buried a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex, and then they put a putting green over it. Like it is definitely not indicative of what the course greens are like. And that's, that's kind of what we look for. I mean, how legitimate, uh, the practice facilities mirrors specifically the chipping and putting with the, the firmness of the greens and the, the speed of the greens. And there is absolutely nothing worse than rolling a few practice putts. You feel good about the speed and then you get out there and you either hit one, you leave one 10 feet short or you blow it 20 feet by. And you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, <laughs> you, you know, it, it it just plants this seed of uncomfortability and like your confidence just plummets. And then you're, you're just scrambling on the greens. Like you'll have a five foot birdie putt and you're like, please make par, please make par, you know? And that's, that's like the worst feeling possible. It just kind of puts you on your heels right out of the gate. So 
Yeah, Bear Dance, I don't see why their practice facility is anything to write home about. Um, and then what was the other one, Green Valley Ranch? Yeah, Green Valley Ranch has a real solid driving range. and Yeah, they've in. got a great setup. They've got indoor-outdoor facilities. They've got, yeah, I mean, that's that's well uh, well documented there. So I would definitely agree with that. But that's the other thing, too, with uh, driving ranges and facilities mostly is – there's a lot of great courses with just average facilities and that doesn't really take them over the top. Like, you know, it, it, it doesn't hurt them or really help them. You know, it's practice facilities. There's, then there's a handful of spots where you know that you've got a bunch of good players that go out there to practice and sharpen their game because of their good setup. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it, it, it only matters when the practice facilities completely suck, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. When when you just get there and you feel like you're, they just tossed a driving range on to a random area, or it's just full dirt and it's just not 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 applicable for you for a good warm up round, essentially. Um, yeah. So let's get a few more from the public and resort course area. Uh, best value. The the top three on there were Applewood, Common Ground, and Coal Creek. And then some staff picks, City Park, phenomenal, Fox Hollow, phenomenal, Riverdale, phenomenal, and Walnut Creek, phenomenal. So th- those four, talk about a little bit about those four and their value, uh, mostly the staff picks. Coal Creek, I don't think we've ever played Coal Creek in Louisville, Louisville. No, I, I haven't. Applewood, you know, it's fine. Common Ground's a good track for definitely pretty good for the value, but City Park, I could go on and on about how great City Park is. And I don't care what I pay. Just I just love the area so much. It's, I'm all about it. Oh yeah, there, City Park is is definitely the best. Va- well, not even I. Like you said, value doesn't even really come into play with that place. That place is just choice, just mint. And Riverdale, talk a little bit about Riverdale and their value. Uh, Riverdale is is another. I would say another kind of a confidence booster a little bit. It's not a super challenging course, but it is a uh, really fun track. Just really well maintained so in such good shape all the time the greens are perfect and the layout's a lot of fun the the finishing few holes the only thing and i we i did a course review on that spot um the only bad thing about that spot is the uh the wind and the afternoon storms that usually roll in are brutal um if you have an afternoon tea time you're probably going to see some 30 40 mile hour winds and see some sort of moisture in some form or another um but yeah, overall, love Riverdale. Uh, Fox Hollow is a great track too. That's a lot of fun. Um, cool area, great views. And what was the other one? Coal Creek. Never played there. Um, am I missing any? Uh, Walnut Creek. Walnut Creek's hard, man. That's a good, really good. From the tips, it plays pretty damn long, and it's a really good test of golf. Great location, great views. Um, can't knock that place much either. So. And then we got um, best pro shop staff, Spring Valley Golf Club. Oh yeah, number one. <laughs> keeping it keeping it one hundred out there. That's obvious. Uh, another good one that you can speak on to a little more. Most underrated course. Uh, they have Coal Creek, Applewood, Common Ground, so kind of the same as value. But uh, Haymaker is definitely one of the staff picks. Red Hawk Ridge is pretty underrated, I guess, and then Walnut Creek. So Walnut Creek and Haymaker getting like Haymaker getting some love there for most underrated. I think the fact that it's in Steamboat, it doesn't get a lot of lot of show and a lot of uh, publicity. Yeah, the I don't think Steamboat's community is is oriented to public golf <laughs> um you, you don't have very many people like oh let's go play a uh 
relatively inexpensive weekday afternoon round at a public golf course in Steamboat Springs. You know, that's you got people flying in on private jets, private planes to go play in Steamboat, and so they're playing all the country clubs, and that's why it doesn't quite get the love it deserves. But such a great track. That's one of my my top tops in the state for sure. Yeah, so we won't get too much into the private club aspect of it because not a lot of people can afford it, especially people that were trying to grow the game of golf. They're not really at private clubs. One I think that is just interesting to talk about a little bit is the most coveted invitation in Colorado and a course that we have never got to play but want to every single year. What do you think it is? I'll give you a little guess. The most coveted invitation um, for a Colorado golf golf course as a member. Um that we want to play, but we can't. Uh, we just never get to. It's not that we can't. Ravenna? No. Okay. Think, think, to- think east. Oh, Bally Neal. Yeah. Yeah, that, I've heard that place is absolutely unreal. Uh, the, fun fact for people who don't know, they don't have tee markers. They don't have tee boxes. So it is literally built for match play. You go, you're like, okay, we're teeing off from here. And you just drop your ball or tee it up right there and you go for it. And they also have a putting green that is a full acre um, in size. So you can spend like hours and hours out there on the putting green. Like you can kind of make your own little course. Uh, but I've heard such good things about Bally Neal. It's just nobody really thinks to to drive three hours east of Denver to go play it. But it's um, I've heard nothing but really good things. Yeah, Bally Neal is like widely regarded as like it should be underrated if that's possible because it's so like no nobody talks about it and it's not one of those popular courses that even like a Castle Pines or something like that where a lot of people know about it. It's uh, Bally Neal, truly, truly great golf course. Let's just get into um, a few more of just courses that we've played. So. Uh, taking home for private clubs, and it, this is semi-private club. If you can always usually like buy a, some sort of pass to play here. Um, they took home the best par four of private clubs and the best par five of private clubs. Talk a little bit about Perry Park number fourteen and Perry Park number eleven as best par five. That's one of the scariest tee shots I think I've ever hit in my entire life. Yeah, in terms I of you feel like you have nowhere to hit it. Yeah, 100%. Um, to be honest, I don't remember. I, I remember 11 because it is super tight, and I remember it's it's like you're basically trying to hit it down a hallway. Um, yeah, that's a really good hole, really challenging. Perry Park's just a good track until you get to 18, and then it just kind of pisses down its own leg. Um, but I'm trying to think of 14. Is that the dog leg right? It's a dog leg left. It kind of dog legs right off the tee and then back left around the green, but it's got that little pond. In the, yeah, okay, in the middle of the okay. Yeah, the, um, yeah, like I said, I haven't played there in a few years, but that is a, a really good track. I'm not surprised that uh, it's it's on the list. Yeah, Perry Park, a lot of good holes out there. And like I said, it is private, but that's one of the places that you can – I usually they offer some sort of some sort of opportunity to go play it. And you can really just play 17 holes if you want um, and skip the 18th hole because that shit is – pretty much a joke it's it's one of the worst finishing holes maybe the worst finishing hole that i've ever played yeah not a not a big fan myself but you know it kind of is what it is yeah so that's for uh that's it for colorado's best and the Kagi awards um shout out to colorado avid golf for great magazine 
Um, if you're definitely, I know this time of the year or getting into the season in the off season, it's great to read. And I love reading the PGA magazine. I love reading Colorado Avid Golf or Golf Magazine. So check out all those magazines at your at your nearest convenience store or order it, get it because it does give you a lot of a lot of cool insight and they do a lot of good stories. Um, I know one of my friends, Ryan Adams, uh, he listen or he writes for PGA magazine. So he was went to college with us and uh, does a really good job writing for the PGA magazines, gets to cover tournaments and stuff like that. So that'll do it for the the Caggy Awards and telling you guys about some of Colorado's best. Go out and try all of these golf courses. Uh, really a lot of good golf in Colorado. I don't know how many times we can say it without getting redundant. We're probably already redundant, but um, before we get out of here, we'll give you guys a few picks for this week. Uh, we decided to modify our strategy again. Um, we're going to keep sh- throwing noodles at the cabinet until they stick and they're ready to cook. Um, so we're basically both going to give you guys each a player. Uh, you just want to take them for one unit or whatever you feel comfortable with to top 10. Uh, which is some fairly good odds. And then uh, you also want to sprinkle that player to win, which that way you're betting on the same guy. You got one guy, one horse in the race. He's either going to be out real quick or make you chewing on your fingernails all the way until Sunday afternoon here at the uh, at Bay Hill. So last year this tournament was won by one of your favorites, Ty- Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, it's, it's a course where a lot of the times uh, the good, really good drivers of the golf ball will be successful. I was reading today, there's a par 5 apparently, number 6, that can almost be driven by Bryson DeChambeau. Do you know this? Have you heard about this? Yeah, the uh, the kind of half moon shaped hole. Yeah. There's actually been a long drive guy that's gotten, he, he's driven that green. I mean, I think it's like a 360, 370 carry, but it, it, it kind of it wraps about all the way around the lake. So it plays somewhere in like the 520 or 540 area, but... You can, if you really want to cut off more, you can. So you just got to have the, the stones to give it a shot. But, yeah, if, if DeChambeau pulled that shit off, that would be absolutely nuts. Um, but, yeah, like you said, just a really good track. And it's one of those where distance is not a premium out on tour. And, and I think we always enjoy those because we see too often anymore where the courses on tour week to week are just built for guys to bomb it and i mean i guess it's for viewership but yeah we we like to see the courses that uh really make these guys think and really challenge them so um, my guy this week is going to be mr kevin kisner um i have got him at uh plus 600 to top 10 he played some good golf last week and he's the kind of guy that can get it around a spot like this like i said length is not really that big of a deal out there um, and then I've got him plus seven thousand to win. Sprinkle a dollar, two bucks. You could could make a little bit of scratch there. So I, I like his this week. Love it. So last year this guy finished third at this golf tournament. Two years ago he also finished third at this golf tournament. So he's a lock for the top ten in my opinion. Um, this week my bet, my DraftKings pick of the week is going to be Sun J M. He is plus two twenty five. So bet ten to win, collect thirty two, win twenty two fifty. And uh, Sun JM to win the tournament is plus twenty five hundred. So I'm betting a little five ski win maybe a hundred and thirty bucks. Uh, Sun JM, like I said, is finished third here. He's tenth on the tour in strokes gained off the tee, which I think is a big deal. And he's always played well in the little Florida swing, which is where they're still at in uh, in this part of the PGA Tour at this part of the season. So take Sun JM top ten. Sun JM to win. Guaranteed, these picks are 
not going to help you out, but if you're going to take him, one of these days we're going to hit a winner for you guys, and we are going to not stop talking about it for the rest of the year until we do it again. So, 100%. We just need to get that first winner. We really need to knock down that door and then uh, open the floodgates. Exactly. Well, that's going to do it for us for this week. We appreciate you guys listening as always. Follow me on Twitter at Big Drive Spence. Follow Mitch on Twitter at Big Drive Mitch. And follow our, our golf account at DNVR underscore golf. We appreciate the listens. If you guys enjoy the show, give us a rating, whether it's on iTunes, uh, Megaphone, whatever you're listening to this podcast on. Give us a rating, review. It helps us out a ton. Uh, March is March is here. We've turned the calendar to March, so golf season's right around the corner. I know we're really looking forward to it. We got a lot of stuff scheduled. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of big drive lives this year. We're gonna have some great guests on. Hopefully, some professional athletes from the state of Colorado. Get them out there, and you'll be able to see what their golf swing is like. So, a lot of big things in the works. Thanks for joining us as always, and continue to stick with us as we take this baby to the moon. Peace.